The soil, the earth, pretty much grows and provides us with everything we need to be healthy, happy, functioning beings, and therefore we need it to be healthy as well. Hello and welcome back to Wellness Digest. Happy December. It is a new month and with new months come new intentions. Mm -hmm. Liv and I have been talking a lot about what our intention is for December, giving ourselves a little reset to kind of reorganize our thoughts and get um, thinking about what we want to set an intention for, for the month of December. So Liv, what's your December intention? Yes. I just did an Instagram post on this. Um, My intention for December is really to focus on just being, staying in the moment, being grateful um, for what I have. And I'll read this little quote from this book that I have. If I am always wanting, I have little time for being. Only in being can I feel real peace. And I feel like this resonates so much with just how we are as a society, especially our generation, we have nice things, but we always want more. We have good friendships and relationships, but we want more. We want more connection. We have money, but then we want more money. And I find myself falling into this so often, like I'll get a new top, but then I'll be like, wait, I want another top or I will have such an amazing meal. I'll make such an amazing meal. And I'll be like, well, I want this now I want this. And I feel like we're always in the mindset of the grass is greener on the other side and more will make us happier when true happiness comes really from just being, being so grateful for what you have and, um, living in that. And that is really how you live in the moment. So, That was really long-winded, but my December intention is to really just be, have a lot of gratitude and be really thankful um, and find the beauty in the things I already have. What is your intention? Mine is very similar um, in the respect of gratitude. I feel like my December intention is to actively practice more gratitude in the moment because I've just had a lot of really great things happening in my life lately, one after the other. And I have found myself like wondering why I don't feel more joyful, like when something really great happens to me. Um, And I think it's because I'm not taking a moment to sit with that and be happy about it, but also practice a lot of gratitude and put some of that thankful energy back into the universe. Um, and so my December intention is to be more actionable about that. Well, let's practice what we preach. What is one thing you're grateful for? I am grateful for new beginnings today. Um, I feel like start of a new month, it's about to be the start of a new year. Um, new beginnings are just so refreshing and, um, while you can pretty much like decide to have a new start at any point in your life, it's sometimes nice to have that like start of a new month or start of a new year to really get you going. So that's what I'm grateful for. What about you? I love that. I am grateful for this podcast in the hour that we get to spend together each week to do this. I think like so many times I find myself thinking like, what the heck? Like we have a podcast. Like <laughs> how freaking cool is that, that we get to be a part of this community. We get to learn things. We get to teach people things. Um, I feel like we'll just look back on this and be like, holy cow, like we're cool for that. Like what? I know. I I think the same thing. And I always wonder if our kids will listen to this and I hope they do. And they They will. We're super cool. Cool moms. (laughs) Okay. Well, diving into this episode, this week is a very, very, very important episode. And 
I honestly don't know why we didn't do this sooner, but we kind of have sprinkled this into things because it is just such an important topic to health in general and so many of the things that Tatum and I care about. So today we are going to be talking about the link between soil and human health. Um, Spoiler alert, soil health is really freaking important. So I will let Tatum go ahead and serve us up a lesson on what soil health is, how it's so, so similar to human health and why we should care. Yeah. So this episode actually comes at a really perfect time today that we are recording is December 4th, but tomorrow, December 5th is world soil day. And we will share more information about this, um, on our Instagram and make it kind of like a week long thing, but world soil day is really just meant to appreciate soil for all that it does for us. And I know that sounds really weird because if you aren't familiar with this topic, you think soil, like that's like just dirt, like what does dirt do for us? Like that's kind of weird, but you will learn in this episode that soil actually serves us in many, many ways. And we need to care about it in order to care about our own health and the health of the planet. So let's just start with some basic food chain 101. Um, everything we eat really comes from the soil. If you think about it, even animals that we eat first ate plants, which were grown in soil. So honestly, like literally every life form starts in the soil, which is crazy to think about. And it's really overlooked aspect of human health and even just environmental health. When people are talking about the climate crisis, we often hear about conserving water and reducing greenhouse gas emissions, which yes, are very important, but you don't often hear about the aspect of soil and It really is the missing piece. It is something we need to be talking about much, much more. So we're going to dive into that today. But I wanted to first start with giving you a definition of what human health means. And I got this definition from a research article that was talking about the link between soil health and human health. So it kind of ties everything together, but it says that human health is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being. It is not merely the absence of disease or sickness. This means that human health encompasses more than just not having an illness. It's about our relationship with our surrounding environment. And this also emphasizes how important soil is in the overall equation of human existence, because yes, we need food to survive, obviously, but also just think about how many jobs rely on food production, restaurants, the entertainment business, tourism, Um, agriculture, obviously, Um, there's so many jobs and livelihoods that depend on good food production. And food is also not the only thing that's grown in soil. Basically, all materials used to make clothing are also grown in soil, like cotton, for example, and even not just clothing, but like your bedding, your towels, any type of like cloth material likely came from some type of plant that was grown in the soil and so many other things that that we use on a daily basis um, came from something that was grown in the soil. So the soil, the earth pretty much grows and provides us with everything we need to be healthy, happy, functioning beings. And therefore we need it to be healthy as well. Yeah. I think just, obviously we know that food is a very important thing that comes from soil, but like, I've never really thought of the connection to clothing and like our towels, those type of things that you mentioned. So it just, I feel like learning more about your soil health forces you to be more in tune with the cycles of the world, our food Mm -hmm. system, where things come from, like the very root of where things come from to then when we get to consume them. Um, And yeah, soil health really does tie into everything and is so important for our health in general. So 
what does soil health really mean? And how do you know if soil is healthy? Like what measurements are there to know like, oh, this is healthy soil? Yeah. So to just give you a definition of soil health, this came from the same article. Soil health is the continued capacity of soil to function as a vital living ecosystem that sustains plants, animals, and humans. So two parts of that definition. The first is that the function of soil is literally to sustain life on earth. That's a huge component, but also within soil, soil is its own living ecosystem which is something that completely blew my mind when I first learned about it. But the soil literally underneath your feet, when you stand on the ground, there's a whole living ecosystem under there. Like think about it as like this little like party going on underneath your feet, this whole working community. They have little jobs, you know, they're, they're, they're whole, it's a whole world under there. So to put this kind of living ecosystem into perspective, There are actually more microbes and living organisms in one teaspoon of healthy soil than there are humans living on this earth. That is just to put into perspective how big this living ecosystem is. Literally one little teaspoon, like a baking teaspoon of healthy soil has more living organisms in it than there are humans living on this earth. Mind blown. It is literally like a little community down there. It makes me think of like, bugs life or even the movie trolls and you know how they're all like (laughs) hiding in the ground like the trolls are microbes there's like a crap ton Mm -hmm. of them they're living in their own world it's like multiple worlds um just crazy yeah it is crazy so and then to answer your question about indicators of soil health like how do we know if soil is healthy there are four main indicators of soil health the first is organic matter and what i mean by that is things like dead plants animal poop Things like that need to be present so that microorganisms have something to eat. That is their food. And this is why people use compost. This is why people put compost in their gardens to literally feed the microorganisms. Um, They need food just like we do. And what they do with this food is they break it down into nutrients that the plant can actually absorb. And that is the second indicator of soil health is the nutrient content. And this is determined by the ability of those microorganisms to break down organic matter into nutrients that the plant can actually absorb and use to keep it healthy. The third indicator of soil health is microbial diversity. Think like our guts. Our guts need lots of microorganisms and diverse species to increase available nutrients Um So it's kind of like a chain of events. So the microorganisms have their food, which is the organic matter. They break that down into nutrients that the plant can absorb. And we need lots and lots and lots of them to make this job work. And we need a bunch of different species of them so that they can have more available nutrients, different kinds of nutrients so that the plant can be more healthy. And then the last fourth indicator of soil health is ability to retain water. So we want the soil to be like a sponge where it always has a little extra water to give the plants when needed. So the opposite of that would be think like a, like a brick, like you have a hose and you're like spraying water on a brick. The water's not going to get soaked up into the brick. It's just going to run right off. Um, we don't want that for the soil. We want it to actually retain water so that we don't waste it. So if the soil is really compact and not able to absorb any of that water. The water just runs off. It gets wasted. We want it to be like a sponge where it soaks it up so that the plants always have access to water when they need it. So those are the four indicators of soil health. 
That's really interesting to think about. And I feel like, especially the part on the microbial diversity and the microbes, like you said, it's literally like our gut um, and how that is an indicator of health. Um, A lot of microbes, a lot of healthy microbes, that is also an indicator of our human health that we have a lot of good gut microbes because it basically rules our immune system, keeps us healthy. So that's just super interesting to think. I feel like we think of like soil health is like so different from us. So besides us, not a part of us, but the soil health is like the inside of our bodies in some ways. Yeah. It's very similar. A lot of analogies can be made. And as I was doing some research for this episode and getting my thoughts together, I kept thinking about how similar it is to our own health, our own bodily functions, like our digestion is just so similar to how the soil works to break down things and give the plants nutrients. So Yeah. So those were the four indicators of soil health, but what depletes our soil and makes it unhealthy? Because I think it's like a pretty common thing that people know that our soil health is not doing so good, especially with um, conventional agriculture. Um, And we also see that our soil health, even if you don't know that our soil health isn't good, you can kind of put two and two together by how unhealthy our population is and how, um, how we are so depleted in minerals and nutrients. And we get those minerals and nutrients from plants, which have to have healthy soils to get them. So what is causing this? What's depleting our soil and making it unhealthy? Great question. So a couple of things. The first one is heavy synthetic chemical usage. That's your pesticides and herbicides. And the way that these work is they're obviously used to kill bugs, pests that are on the plants and um, destroy the plants or, um, weeds, that's what herbicides kill. So if you think about the fact that these chemicals can kill bugs like caterpillars or bugs that you can visibly see with your eye, then of course they can also kill the microorganisms in the soil. So when these chemicals are being sprayed on plants, they're not just being sprayed directly on the plants, they're also being sprayed on the soil. And it is killing all of those microorganisms, which I just talked about, are very necessary for breaking things down into nutrients that the plant can absorb. So if we are killing all of those microorganisms, then there's nothing to break down that organic matter. The plants then don't get nutrients. Then you have plants that are really low in nutrient content. So that is the first one and most common one. That reminds me a lot of just the chemical usage. Um, chemicals, pesticides, those type of things, um, kill the microbes in the soil. And that's like kind of a direct tie in a way to think of how antibiotics are killing our microbiomes. And they are, even though they are used to promote health, to promote some type of benefit, which people are using pesticides and herbicides to technically promote some sort of benefit. Um, they are killing our microbes. And if not having a lot of microbes means that soil health is not healthy, not having a a lot of microbes in our guts means that we are not healthy. So again, there's a direct tie between our guts and soil health. Yeah, absolutely. And another really interesting thing is that antibiotics are often made from bacteria that is found in soil. So soil literally has the ability to fight infection, but we just don't usually spend enough time as children, like getting dirty and literally playing in the dirt. And so our immune systems are already compromised, already suppressed. And it's just crazy to me that we have made antibiotics from bacteria in the soil when we could actually just go right to the source of the soil with these beneficial bacteria that fight infection in the first place. So, okay. And then another 
thing that is known to create unhealthy soils is heavy tillage. What tillage means is basically mechanically breaking up the soil. So that's like the use of plows and tractors and things that run through the soil and break it up. And the reason why that can be harmful if done too much um, is that it pretty much just disrupts all of that hard work that the soil did. Um, It's breaking up those roots that have been there that have been growing for a long time. And it's just like literally physically disturbing the soil and kind of counteracting all that hard work that it did. So that's another um, way that we can deplete our soils. Another is monocropping, which means mono meaning one growing one crop, the same crop every single year in the same plot of land, never changing the type of crop that you grow. This is the, this is your, your corn fields, your wheat fields, where you just see like miles and miles of corn and wheat. And that's grown every single year in that same soil. And the reason why that's a problem is there's no diversity in the types of nutrients that the soil is able to um, able to create. So think about it as if you ate the same exact food, only one food for your entire life, and you never ate anything else. Obviously you wouldn't be very healthy because you're not getting a diverse supply of nutrients. You're only getting the nutrients that that one food provides. It's the same for the soil. Um, if you're only growing corn in that soil, then it's not getting a diverse, um, array of nutrients. And then the last one is um, forcing land to produce a crop year round and giving it no time to rest. So this is a big one because if you think about it, like nothing in nature works 24, seven, three, six, five, like every single living being needs a rest period, needs a break, living things hibernate, plants die off in the winter time, and then they grow back humans. We need more rest in the winter time. There's a cycle of production and rest that occurs naturally in nature. And when we as humans create agricultural systems that produce year round all the time, that is directly going against what nature intended. And that is not healthy because the soil never gets a break to rest and restore. The things that you listed off that deplete our soil health and make it unhealthy are the exact same things that deplete our health and make us unhealthy. Mm -hmm. The heavy synthetic chemical usage, that is all of the medication and drugs we take. Um, The monocropping, low diversity we have in our diets. um, And especially the last part on the rest, we are so go, go, go. And that is stress. You're stressing out your um, soil and -hmm. your soil can't then perform and be healthy. We are stressing ourselves out. And so we cannot be healthy. So mm-hmm. what makes our soil unhealthy is the same thing that is making us, um, as a human population unhealthy. Yeah. And even the heavy tillage that can be seen as a form of stress as well. So, um, yeah, great connection there. Thank you. Thank you. So <laughs> what does actually feed our soil and what makes it healthy to contrast that? Yeah. So obviously pretty much the opposite of everything that I just said. So minimizing chemical usage minimizing tillage, growing a diverse amount of different kinds of crops. So either growing one thing one year and switching it out for something else the next, or some small farms you'll see um, will have like two rows of broccoli and then two rows of kale. And it's like, they're growing multiple different crops on the same plot of land that increases the biodiversity. 
And then um, also giving the soil a break, which is usually usually happens in the form of a cover crop. So what they'll do is um, they will cover the soil with a crop that is like not meant for harvest. It's just meant to allow the soil to rest and restore. They're not going to harvest it. They're just going to give the soil a little bit of a break, but still grow something so that it's um, the soil is still able to function. So it's really all about minimal disturbance and kind of just allowing nature to function as it was meant to before humans were involved, before we started all of this kind of industrialized agriculture and producing, producing, producing all the time, just letting nature function how it was intended, which is what something called regenerative agriculture aims to do. And regenerative agriculture is kind of a buzzword right now, but it's really not a new concept. Um, regenerative agriculture is actually just the way people used to farm our ancestors. Um, it's really rooted in indigenous wisdom and people who grew crops before all of the machinery, all of the chemicals were even invented in the first place. And when crops used to be grown this way, people really had to work with nature instead of against it. So they weren't adding all these things to the soil. They weren't using all this machinery. They were simply just planting seeds, watering them and letting the plant grow. It was literally as simple as that. There was no fertilizer. There was no, all of these added inputs. It was just a natural process. And that's really what regenerative agriculture aims to do. But the reason why it's kind of a buzzword right now is because those principles are starting to come back because we're realizing that industrialized agriculture is not working for us anymore. It is not sustainable and we need to go back to our original principles of nature. So um, like I said, um, before industrial agriculture, regenerative agriculture was just kind of the way, the normal way that things were grown. But then once chemicals were invented and heavy machinery um, during the industrial revolution, we just started to produce more food a lot faster. It was much more efficient. And so at the time people thought, you know, why wouldn't we do it this way? We can produce 10 times the amount of food in and do it much faster and feed way more people. So like, why wouldn't we do this? And I think that at that point in time, obviously people didn't understand the impact that these kind of practices were going to have on us in the future. And so that's just what they did. Um, but it's created a huge, huge, huge problem today. And again, it's no longer sustainable because we've reached a point where 75% of our soils are now unfarmable, meaning that literally 75% of the soil on earth cannot, it's so unhealthy that it cannot even grow food anymore. Um, and that's really, really concerning because that means that we also only have 60 harvests left before we literally run out of soil um, and 100% of our soils become unfarmable. That is extremely frightening given we all need food to live. And if we're not able to grow food, where is it going to come from? Labs, scary places, which is not <laughs> healthy for us. Um, you mentioned we have 60 harvests left. What mm -hmm. does that mean? Is that 60 years? Is that seasons? How many harvests are there in a year? Yeah. So that's kind of just like a loose number. There are multiple harvests in a year. So I can't give you like an exact number of years, but if I had to guess, I would say it's probably, I want to say like 30 years left of being able to still grow food in healthy soil. So scary either way. <laughs> So, um, like I said, 
because of this huge problem, people are now starting to think like, okay, we've got to do something about this. We have to go back to our original principles and really think about how we are impacting our environment when we grow food. And that is why regenerative agriculture has kind of been rebranded a bit, made a comeback. And I'm going to explain kind of what that means. So the definition of regenerate is to give life to something. It is a rebirth, a renewal. So like I said, this is just like bringing our soils back to life and giving them a rebirth basically. And so it's more than just sustainability because when you hear the word like sustainability, sustainable agriculture, whatever, you think like preserving materials, conserving water, not using a whole lot of stuff. It implies scarcity, but regeneration implies that things can actually be in abundance again. We don't have to... (laughs) We don't have to live in this mindset that like things are running out and we have to panic Um, to regenerate means to um, bring things back to life. So things can be in abundance again, flourishing, luscious, that kind of thing. So I'm going to read this definition of regenerative agriculture because I just think that it is so beautiful, such a beautiful definition. So it says, Regenerative agriculture is a renewal of the human heart and mind. It is a framework of thinking and consciousness that emulates nature's intelligent design, patterns, and biological systems. This ancestral wisdom does not focus on tools or processes, but instead it emphasizes understanding about how to farm within your ecological context. This type of relationship-based agriculture is a journey of healing for all human and biological communities, and it is a new food production system that facilitates beauty and life. I love that. That sounds so pretty. And I just think that time and time again, with every aspect, with our food system, with our soil health, with our health, with our emotional and mental health, it's all coming back to the word regenerative and um, getting back to abundance, getting back to our bodies and worlds, like innate abilities and wisdoms. Um, mm-hmm. And so I feel like so many of the topics that we are talking about are coming back to um, going back to the basics and really like putting our heart into all of the things that we are doing, which I feel like that definition literally just summed up. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the basics and also going back to interconnectedness because we used to be so connected to the world around us and so connected to agriculture. People used to grow their own food. There was no going to the grocery store. You grew your own food. And so there was, I like the word in this um, definition, relationship-based agriculture, because it implies that like we as humans should have a relationship with our food and how it is grown. And that is like a huge component of regenerative agriculture. So So that is the definition of regenerative agriculture. There are also six core principles of regenerative agriculture, which I will just go over really briefly. Most of them we kind of already talked about when we talked about indicators of soil health, but um, the first is context. This one's kind of new, but context is critical for regenerative agriculture. And what that means is that no two farms are the same. So how land is regenerated is going to vary and depend on many different factors. So Regenerative agriculture uses a holistic framework um, to successfully transition from degenerative to a regenerative state. Biodiversity um, and individuality. I feel like that is also something that we've talked about with people's healing journey. No two people are going to heal the same. No two people are going to be on the same protocol. No two people are going to need to have the same diet. So why would our soil health be any different? Exactly. Yeah. So again, 
reinforcing that link between soil health and human health. There's so much interconnectedness here. Yeah, absolutely. The second pillar is um, minimal disturbance to the soil, which we talked about before, minimizing the chemical inputs, minimizing tillage, that kind of thing. The third is maintaining a living root. And what that basically means is keeping living roots in the soil as long as possible each year. So instead of ripping up the crops after harvest and then planting something new, regenerative agriculture aims to keep the plant in the ground for as long as possible, which is pretty much also just another way to um, minimize disturbance. But it also keeps those roots in the ground, which keeps the microorganisms like keeps giving them food year round so that they are never um, depleted and hungry and then the soil suffers. So that is the third, maintaining a living root. The fourth is soil armor, armor like a knight in shining armor. Um, And that just means to protect the soil's skin, which sounds kind of silly, but soil does have a skin layer and that is that top layer of soil. It needs to be protected. We can't always have it exposed to the sun, to wind, to harsh weather conditions. We need to protect the soil's skin and cover it with something like compost or even just like wood chips, that kind of thing. Bare soil gets really, really hot in the middle of the day, and um, which means that it's then more vulnerable to um, things that deplete it. So Soil armor is number four. Number five, increased biodiversity. We talked about this too. Um, Basically, with this one, Mother Nature does not grow anything in a monoculture. Like when you go out on a hike or something and you're walking through, walking on a trail and you look around you, you see different types of grasses, different types of bushes, different types of trees. You don't see the same exact plant throughout the entire trail that does not naturally occur in nature. So why do we create systems like that as humans? Just doesn't really makes sense. We need a variation of plants, animals, and microbes to increase biodiversity both below and above the ground to improve the way that our ecosystem functions. And then the sixth pillar is animal integration, which is a really big part of regenerative agriculture. This is kind of where the like pasture-raised meats come into play, but integrating animals into the ecosystem does a lot of really beneficial things because as animals walk through on the farm, they poop. That poop goes into the soil and provides really, really rich nutrients for the soil. And also their hooves um, kind of give the soil like a little massage and kind of break it up, give it some air to breathe, that kind of thing. So animals really have lots and lots of benefits for healthy ecosystems. So that was an overview of the six principles of regenerative agriculture. Just to reiterate, number one, context is critical. No two farms are the same. Two, minimal disturbance. Three, maintaining a living root. Four, soil armor, which is protecting the soil's skin layer. Five, increased biodiversity. And six, animal integration. Thank you for that sweet little lesson on regenerative agriculture. I think a lot of people now are learning so much more about it. Um, But it is, I mean, it's something that me and you talk about a lot, but it is just Such a cool idea plays into our episode. If you haven't listened to on regenerative detox Um, and just, I feel like I am loving the term regenerative in all aspects of our health. So 
My question after listening to all of these things, every single time, first of all, we talk about this, I feel like I take 10 more things away from it um, because it is such an important topic. But after listening to this episode, what are a few things that we can do, actionable items to support healthy soil and then to know if the food you're eating is supporting healthy soil? Yeah, good question. So the first thing, first and foremost, is to shop for organic or regeneratively raised produce and meats. And the best way to do this is to buy directly from the farmer when and if you can. Um, We will post a link. There's this really cool interactive map that it's a whole map of the United States. You search your address and it shows you um, a regenerative farmer near you. And you would be so surprised actually like how many are near you that you didn't even know about. Um, I live literally one block away from one. And yeah, it's just really cool to see on the map how many regenerative farmers are around you um, that you may not have known about. You might've even bought something from them at the farmer's market and just not even known it. Yep. A great resource. I as well have used that map and there are, I mean, I think like looking at the map, cause you can like zoom out and see the U S like they are intermittently sprinkled um, mm-hmm. everywhere. So you really can find them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The second thing is really just to educate yourself, but one really great way to do this is to watch the documentary called Kiss the Ground and it's on Netflix. I believe it's still on Netflix, but um, Mm -hmm. you can also watch it on their website. Okay, cool. It is an amazing documentary. It really just puts into perspective how important soil health is and it does it in such a beautiful way. I can't say good enough things about this documentary. I I make all of my friends everyone that I meet, I force them to watch this documentary because it's just so amazing. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I say this with a lot of different documentaries and things, but this is actually a documentary that changed my life and the way that I think about our soil health. And I think about, um, our whole climate change situation and our environment. I had my whole family watch it and they all took something away from it. Um, it just is so digestible. You're really able to understand like how good soil practices are going to help um, the climate change situation, which was just such a tie that felt so complex and confusing to me. The documentary is one, just beautiful, cute, adorable, like literally gives me the best vibes in the world. So it's just like <laughs> fun to watch if you just want to watch a movie and it's just so educational, so important. Um, yeah, we can't say good enough things about the movie. Kiss the ground, go watch it. It will educate you and probably change the way that you think of the food you're eating and the soil around you. Yeah, most definitely. They also have a lot of resources and supplemental information on their mm-hmm. Instagram account. Um, so they're a really good account to follow. But the third thing is to just get outside, get dirty, literally put your feet in the dirt, bare feet, spend more time outside, get more connected with nature and just really increase your appreciation for all that soil does for us. Yeah. I think one of the most positive ways to get back to anything, to learn more about anything, soil health, whatever it may be, is to literally go directly to the source, Mm -hmm. touch it, feel it, think about it, pick up a little spoonful of soil of dirt And like, think to yourself, like, holy cow, there's so many microbes in this. Like there is a world living in this. And Mm -hmm. I am lucky enough to get to consume foods that are grown from this. Um, Interweaving gratitude into these things is also so important. Like we are so lucky that regenerative agriculture is a thing that we have farmers near us, that we are able to buy things from them, support them, that 
we're just so lucky for this. And this is such a good opportunity for us because it is kind of a crisis right now, the soil health crisis. This is such a beautiful opportunity for us to make a change, to go to more regenerative ways and to be so thankful um, for the processes that we have that are able to feed us. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds kind of silly, but like we've said, go outside, pick up a little handful of soil and just think to yourself that you are holding more living things in your hand than there are people on this planet. Honestly, that's wild. <laughs> I'm going to go do that right now to humble Same. myself. <laughs> it's like pouring rain and I don't think I'll do it right now, but I will do it when it's a little sunnier out. Well, thank you, Tatum, for educating us on this extremely, extremely important topic. If you took anything away from this, just know that soil health is important. It is impacting you. It'll impact your children. Um, And the best thing you can do is just more get connected with it. Again, learn a little bit more about it. We will provide a lot of resources, but thank you for the education, Tatum. And everybody, take a moment today to think about soil health and why it matters to you. Thank you.